Well, happy Father's Day to uh, all of you. I, um, you know, at Mother's Day, we get to talk about how awesome mothers are, and uh, Father's Day is for, for fathers. And <laughs> now, fathers are, listen, your mother gave you life, and between the ages of birth and three, your father saved your life probably about a dozen times, if not more. And I really don't think it matters that he's the one that put your life in peril in the first place. I think what counts is that you wouldn't be here without your dad um, grabbing you by the ankle as they fell off the diaper changing station because you left them at the diaper changing station. But nonetheless, still alive. Good for you. Uh, We have a... um, Getting close to the end of this Philippians series, and I want to um, sort of put a plug in for the next series that we're going to be doing um, toward the end of the summer. Uh, and I want you to this is why I want you to make plans to come because we're going to be um, talking about uh, it's a series called Misquoted. Um, all the times we quote the Bible wrong and probably still do things we say that are in the Bible that aren't in the Bible and why they're not in the Bible and why they would never be in the Bible. Um, and it, it's, it, I think it'll be helpful, it'll be fun, it'll be a uh, kind of way to self-examine the way we talk about the Bible, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So that's starting up in about a month. And um, also, next Sunday, we will continue having our series on um, the God of Good on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock. Some people have come and told me they really like meeting at 5, because then they can go eat um, for two hours afterward. And that, that's a, and not feel like you're eating too early before bed. Uh, so please come five o'clock. We don't, we won't have services tonight um, because we uh, have potluck and we're just really tired of each other by then. And now that's not what it is. We just always say potluck. Go go spend time with your family. Go spend time um, with your dad. Those of you who are blessed enough to still have um, your dad with you. Um, so uh, we are. So thankful you're here. When service started, I looked around and I thought, there's 12 people here. And all of you sort of came in late and I'm very um, thankful. We are always so happy when you come late because you came. You know, you're here. And we, we, we're just so glad when you, when you um, come and join us and worship God with us. Uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, the end of Philippians chapter 3 today. And I want to start it and just run through it and look at it because I think it can really affect us. Remember, this was written from a person to some people. Philippians just isn't a chapter in your Bible. It was a letter from Paul to a group of people in the, uh, in the church at Philippi. And the, Philipp- the Philippian church was a real church. It had real problems. They had real struggles. And they, they, they were trying to figure this mess out just like you and I are. So, The Philippian church, he says to them at the conclusion of this little section. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. There's a sense in the Christian community of watching people who are watching Jesus. Sometimes keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus can be difficult. 
But sometimes you just have to grab the nearest Christian you can and say, I'm with you today. Because I, I don't think I can do this on my own. I'm going to have to watch someone else do what I need to do so that I can learn how to do what I need to do. I can learn what they do. So I think, I think church is one of, this be- one of these beautiful things where we can get together all of our brokenness and all of our strengths and combine that together to make what might be close to a whole person. A whole good person exists in this room. But only together. When we break up and break apart, there are some of us who are very impatient. And there are some of us who are very patient. Some of us get really angry when we're hungry. And other people are really cool and calm and collected. And there's this, there's this mix of, of different personalities and different types around here. And we are all following Jesus. And we're all following Jesus in a way that, I, that might be different from each other. So I'm good at this and you're good at that. And I'm bad at this, but you're not bad at that. You're good at that. And so us together, us, us combined, our efforts combined, makes a, we make a good person. But we, we don't really do that on our own. But when we join together and we can watch each other's examples, you say, I'm, I, I want to be like Johnny Bone, or I want to be like Karen Richards, or I want, if you have something in your, listen, Johnny Bone and Karen Richards have things that they want to be like other people about. And it's this circle where we're just all interacting and all watching each other. We are such an evaluative group. Just human beings all together. We evaluate things so regularly and often so negatively. Ah, man, I'm the worst. I'm the worst at this with church signs. I went on a legitimate rant yesterday. Because I saw a church sign that said, hell will be a very uncool place. Well, now I'm angry at you for laughing. No. I, Rachel, Rachel, had, Rachel gave me one of those wife touches, you know, like the husband whisperer. She was just like, you need to, she said, I don't think they were trying to change the world. What? Do, do people think, oh, well, now that you say it's unhip, I'm like, I've got so mad. Yes, everything could be done better. Everything could be said better. Everything, yeah, we, we evaluate on such a strict, uh, strict scale that we will sometimes not see the good in other people. We will not see that, man, that person's patient, or man, that person is generous, or man, that, that person is a servant. Instead, we often see the, the other side of it. For the same people, man, that person isn't generous. Or man, that person will we'll look at the negatives instead of looking for how can the people around me help me be a better me? How can the people around me help me be a better Christian? I need you guys. And you guys need each other. But if you can only see the negative in people, you won't ever learn from people. 
You won't ever be able to watch other people who are following Jesus alongside you and say, oh, I, I need to be with them because I need that to rub off on me. Oftentimes we're just saying, well, they're not very good at that or they don't come to Wednesday night when I come to Wednesday night. All that mess. We look around and say, I can tell you what everyone in here does well. And some of you do something really well and we haven't seen it yet. We want to see that. Because we need your help to follow Jesus. Paul Paul isn't saying this in a bragging sense of, uh, follow my example because I'm the best. Follow my example because he's lived it longer. He's walked with these people and he says, he says, other people, as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. He goes on and says, for I have often told you that before, before and now tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. Their God is their stomach. Have you, have you sat and pondered that criticism for a bit? I don't know, Benjamin's going to talk about food again. That's not true. Um, a way to phrase this is that God is their gut. They follow just whatever they think to do. Like they don't process what they want to do and they just do it. Most of us need a good editor. I don't want to say most of us because I don't want to step on all your feelings, but all of you, all of us, we need a good editor. You need to filter your instincts through your brain a couple of times. I've had people, I've said stuff like this and people will come to me, hey, I just say what I think. I'm gonna, I always grab them by the shoulders, shake them real hard and say, stop it. Stop just saying what you think. Because what you think might be real dumb. It might be real insensitive. It might be real mean. It might be hard to hear. It might not people. It may be absolutely true, and people aren't ready for that truth in their life yet. When we just sort of instinctively say, "Just grab whatever is in us and just throw it out of our mouths," we are only serving ourselves and not serving anyone else around us. Some people are ready to hear certain things. Some people aren't. Sometimes the thing you're re- you think that person needs to hear is something you need to hear and you haven't even pondered on it that long. We are a broken people who need each other. And whenever we just live for ourselves and what's inside of us just sort of bubbles out. Whenever we do just exactly what we always want to do, whenever it is that we want to do it, we, we are lacking a self-control and we are following the wrong God. We're following our gut. Just our basic instincts, these human animal instincts. Uh, uh, you get angry and get afraid real quickly and people will play on that. You remember the Michelin baby? No, it's not. The, it was Goodyear baby. Michelin baby's a lot bigger and looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. 
the Goodyear baby. Remember those commercials? There was a baby in a tire. And they would just have the baby in the tire, and then they would say, you need a good tire. And then, they, once the special effects got better, the baby would ride around in the tire, all cute-like. What's the implication of that commercial? Buy our tires or your baby won't be safe. They want you to be afraid. They want you to say, oh, what a cute baby, but I want to keep my baby safe. Goodyear tires. Other tires explode. That was their tagline, I think. But there, there is a, there's a sense where, where we, we, we just react instead of think. I heard someone say recently, um, no one watches the news anymore to get informed. They only watch it to get affirmed. Did that hit too? I'll retract that sentence. I'm sorry if that hit. That hits me. We just want to feel how we want to feel. We want to think what we want to think. And we just want our instincts to guide us. Because having a self-editor, having someone else that governs our thoughts and minds is too hard. That's labor. That's tough work. Paul says they're... That life leads to destruction. And we have a very, we have a tendency to hear Paul say that and give these sort of rebukes and only apply it to other people. What aspect of your life is your gut ruling? Quit thinking about other people for a second. What aspect of Benjamin's life is Benjamin's gut ruling? What about you? This all ties together. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, or King Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like glorious bodies. The implication being that my gut now will be reigned by Jesus. My instincts will be, reign, will be ruled by Jesus. And so there's, twofold, there's a twofold fix to your, your God being your gut. Is the rule of Jesus in your life. And the effect of the church on your person. Letting the good God transform you. And letting God's people sit and be present with you while you live your life, improve your life, become a better person, be affected by the Spirit. Because I think the Spirit often works in community. The Spirit does its best work in community. You can find and hear more from God when sitting around a table than you can on a desert island. God can reach you there too. But the people of God, when we look around and say, I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow their example. Not a maybe in everything, but that's just sort of a thing. They do this thing well. I want to be like that. How do they do it? I'm going to ask them. 
You are being affected by Jesus and you are hoping for the future that there is going to come a time when I'm not going to have to edit myself. Not because, not because like, everyone's going to be okay with everything I say, but Jesus is going to be affecting everything I do and say so much that Jesus is my editor. That Jesus is my guide. That Jesus is my king. See, our citizenship is not in this place. It doesn't work in the same power structure that this system works under. We, don't, we shouldn't be afraid of the things they're afraid of. We've got a king who beat death. We, we shouldn't be worried. Jesus, this is a specific command from Jesus. Do not worry. Worrying isn't just like, well, it's the thing that we... Uh, it, you really shouldn't do it. It's sin. It's, it's sin like every other sin is sin. It's not some weak sin. The world goes back and forth on the tides of good and bad markets. And we stand firm on the shore of the kingdom of heaven. Not affected by the tide, not affected by the storms. We are confident in our Savior. We are confident in our King. And our citizenship is not in this kingdom, it's in that one. And I am not afraid. Deep down, you know, you look at people, let's, I don't know if y'all noticed, um, there is an election happening. I don't know if you saw that in the news. Maybe it's on the maybe it's in the news a little. But you know, there, there there's a prominent voice. I think Jamie has as his profile picture um, says no one twenty sixteen. What? None of the above twenty sixteen. That's a growing sentiment. And I, I I get it. Y'all may feel, feel this way this year. I feel this way most years. The, you look around and you go, well, the world's kind of broken. The, you know, uh, the, the founding fathers of our country actually said that anyone who is so bold as to seek the office of president does not deserve it. We kind of got it that way from that, like, I think it was John Quincy Adams that got us away from that. It's an interesting story. Let me tell it to you. I'm just kidding. It's good. We don't have time. But there is a, um, there's a sense of, oh, the world is going to break. Eh. Let me introduce you to Nero. Let me tell you about Nero for a second. Let me tell you about Vespasian or, or Titus or uh, Domitian. For goodness sake, Domitian. Domitian was, was a bald man. And no one could, could say that Domitian was bald. And if a sculptor came in and sculpted a, a, a bust of Domitian and it didn't have wonderful curly hair, he would kill you. The world has seen bad leadership before. The world has seen corrupt leaders before. 
The world has seen brokenness and sin and pain and bad government and it has seen all of it before. Jesus conquered death. We still stand on the, on the confidence that Jesus is the true King. That God overcomes through Jesus. Yes, and prob- listen, let's divorce this for a second from the fact that some of you really love your country. Most of you really love your country. And you're worried about your country. I get that. I get that. That's a legitimate, that's a legitimate concern. But let's not let that kingdom rule. Let's worry about that probably a little more than we worry about the Razorbacks. But let's also not let the Razorbacks rule. Our citizenship is not in this system. It's ruled by our King. King Jesus, the Messiah, who says specifically, do not worry, who says specifically, do not be afraid. Wipe that out of you. Some of you need, all of us need, worry and fear edited out of our gut. We need an editor for that. We need someone to tell us. Don't, don't. So maybe you need a part of some of your uh, church family to help you with this. How are you not worried? Well, tell them. Ask them. Sometimes the response is, I stopped watching people who wanted to make me worry. I stopped listening to those voices. I started listening to the voice of my church. or started listening to the voice of my Savior. And trusting that voice more than I trusted that voice. We are active members in the citizens as citizens of the United States. And that is an important role. But we are not in the end rule in the end ruled by that citizenship. We have a bigger citizenship and it's this we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And our king is undefeated. Death Death, I've heard the phrase, death is undefeated. It's not. Death is 84 billion and one. It has a loss in its books. And the loss of death was, came at the hands, the scarred hands of our king. So we stand on the victorious side. I'm not, I'm not telling you don't be concerned, don't, be, don't think, don't vote. Don't, I'm not saying any of those things. Vote for who you want to vote for. Argue, argue with each other about how if you vote for the other person, he or she will be a disaster. Do that. Have, those might, I mean, that might be a fun conversation for you. Have those talks. Be concerned. Be vocal. But do so on the solid footing of Jesus Christ. Do so knowing full well that death has been beaten. The sin, has, sin is gone and we 
are forgiven, we are redeemed, we are standing on the promise of Jesus. Not on the promise of a politician, not on the promise of a good year in sports, not on the promise of anything else except the tomb is empty, the Savior is King, and God will rule. It is a hard, that is a hard truth to put in yourself in such a tumultuous time, but I think it's an important one to hold on to, to stand firm on the truth of the kingdom of heaven. We are citizens of that kingdom. Yes, we are citizens of our nation. We are citizens of Howard County, and that matters too. Yes, we are defined by our sports teams, whether you're a hornet or a scrapper or a leopard. Uh, you, we, are, we are defined by that. But, don't let that be the whole definition. And let all of the other definitions that you have in your life be ruled by the bigger definition of the kingdom of God. Let that reign and rule in your life. You will find that that brings a peace. I know the end. It's like, have you ever watched Shawshank Redemption on TNT? It comes on every, every 30 minutes or so. Shawshank Redemption is a wonderful movie. Um, to watch, not for your kids, but it's good. It's a good, it's a well-told story. Every time you watch that, there's part of you thinks, is he going to get out? You've seen it before. You know the end. But the movie is so good, the movie is so, has such good twists and turns that every time you think, is he going to get out? Same thing with Speed and Keanu Reeves. There's, that's a joke. That's, that's an awful movie. Nowhere near the stature of Shawshank Redemption. But the same thing, those movies build something up in you and you think, I, I, know, I know the end, but I'm still worried. And you have to remind yourself in those moments, oh, calm down, calm down, I've seen the end, I know the end. Some of you may need to do that today. Calm down. You know the end. Do not be afraid. Do not be worried. The king rules and our citizenship is with that kingdom. God can do all things. Do you believe it? And if none of this helps with the, maybe you're just so politically minded that you've gotten, uh, just none of it helps. Remember, God once affected the Israelites through the mouth of a donkey. God, if God can use that donkey, He can use somebody else. There's a funnier way to say that, but we're in church. <laughs> so, trust in the true King and if you need prayers for trust like that, or if you've never put your life in the hands of that king, today's the day to do that.
But whatever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and while we sing. Tis the fountain.